Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Tony Wolf Unhinged Podcast. I am your host, Tony Wolf, and this is November the 1st, 2021. This week's episode is not going to be for everybody. This is going to be about professional wrestling, but not just talking about what you see on TV. This is going to be kind of a behind-the-scenes, what people have gotten away from in professional wrestling, and what a lot of us old-timers, and I still think of myself as an old-timer, even after being out of the ring for as long as I have, but we'll get into that here in a little bit, but we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back for Main Topic 1 here on the Tony Wolf Unhinged Podcast, and normally, if I would have recorded this 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have never been talking about this topic, but in today's wrestling business and in the stuff that I see on TV on a weekly basis, I think that this needs to be expressed, and Professional wrestling is not about all of the gymnastics. It's not about all the flips. It's not about how many gallons of blood you can spill in a match. Professional wrestling is about telling a story. You don't have to do a cold start. You don't have to do a jump start. There are ways for each match to tell a story and get over the two individuals or as Sin Bodhi would say, the two dancers or the four dancers to get their story across without killing themselves. When I first started watching pro wrestling back in the 70s, you had, you didn't have a particular body style You didn't have a particular height. You had a bunch of hard-hitting, smart guys, that and women too, that went in there and could tell a story. They knew how to sell the facial as far as getting, if they were a baby face or a good guy, they could get the fans into it get the hand claps going, so forth. If they were a heel, they knew what group to pick on, but not to pick on one particular person, unless that particular person was giving them opportunities. And there were people that would go to the wrestling shows, the little old lady in the front row, the fat chick over here in the corner that was running her mouth with three teeth in her mouth. That was the stuff, the welfare cases, when you went to the Carolinas and West Virginia. People knew where to push, how to push, and knew if they were pushing the right buttons, how to make the fans love them or hate them. A prime example of this. The fans always knew when Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express, when they come to the ring, you heard their music, boom, the fans erupted because they had been around. 
They knew how to tell a story. They knew how to draw the fans in. And they were the small guys that were very athletic at that time in professional wrestling. They didn't have to do a corkscrew plancha through a table. All they had to do was do a drop kick. A simple drop kick. Or a hip toss. Or an arm drag. Or a body slam. If you watch today's wrestling, AEW, prime example, CM Punk is getting loud pops for doing a simple body slam in the middle of the ring because he knows when to put it in there, how to put it in there, and how to draw the fans into his matches. You had the same thing with the Midnight Express. The Midnight Express had Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette knew how to push people's buttons and make them absolutely despise him. If you listen to any other of these podcasts or these different stories where these guys have went on and told history of their careers and history of pro wrestling, these guys knew that they were getting the point across in their stories when people tried to kill them. But they didn't have to kill themselves with crazy, dangerous moves. They would have different things that they would do. Simple stuff, a fish hook to the mouth, a rake to the eyes, say something to the whole front row on the one side. But if you watch these guys, and I've talked about the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, if you go back even farther, you watch the Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant. You watch number one Paul Jones. You listen to Gary Hart. When he was a manager, he could get the point across of why it was so important that his guy was an assassin, or his guy was a butcher, or his guy was brutal. And he knew how to tell the story. Once you got in the ring, you could still tell the story with a body slam, a hip toss, an arm drag, a suplex. The big thing that everybody done back in the 70s was the super, or well, I'm not a super kick, the, um, the suplex, the superplex, which was off the top rope a flying elbow, a flying crossbody, a regular drop kick, and you didn't see all of this flamboyance as far as guys hitting triple lindy flip-flop flues whatever's off the top rope because they knew how to tell a story. They put timestamps in where lockup they start the match, they do their thing, blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth. Take a second, get a rest, draw the fans back in. Big, if it's a tag match, big hot tag, do a double down. Different things that really drew the fans into the match. And if there was a point in the match 
where blood was needed, blood came. If there was an accident in the match and you had blood, it was an accident. But they didn't have to do flying dives over the top rope. Very rarely did you ever see anybody from the mid, I'm going to say the mid-70s till the mid-90s doing crazy dives unless you were in Mexico or in Japan. You had chain wrestling, you had other kinds of wrestling. You had guys that were mat technicians. That's where the term came from. They knew how to work their match on the ring, in the, on the mat, and they could get away with doing stuff without even hitting the ropes. I have literally seen in my career matches where the ropes break and the guys were able to do a complete match top to bottom with never touching the ropes. I've seen a match where the ring didn't show up. They put up four corners ropes and did a match in a grassy field and was able to do a complete match. George South was a, is a prime example of doing that. Him and um, Caprice Coleman, I believe it was, did a show down in North Carolina. They didn't even have a ring, but they put on a show. They had like four or five matches on that show, and they were able to tell stories without even using ropes, without even needing a ring. But nowadays, it seems like you guys don't understand the process of telling a story. There's a few guys, and this whole topic is going long for this opening topic because I'm very passionate about it. But you've got guys like MJF, 20-some years old, hasn't been in the wrestling business that long, but him and FTR, those guys understand old-school Southern wrestling. That's the way the wrestling business used to be. Piss off the fans, hope you didn't get stabbed going to the locker room or coming from the locker room, and know that what you were doing was getting you over and pissing the fans off in the same breath. Now, the next topic is going to be about more modern wrestling, but uh, I've kind of got my point across, I think, telling you all that this stuff needs to change because you guys are not going to have a very long career if you don't. But that's the end of to the first topic, and I'll be right back with more after this. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Tony Wolf Unhinged podcast. I think I pretty got pretty much got my point across on how I feel about modern wrestling and storytelling to what they used to do back when I first started watching it. So now we're going to get into the more modern storytelling. And when Vince took over and started trying to run the whole planet, or basically started running the whole planet, you got a different side of pro wrestling. You had the monsters. You had all of these six foot six, six foot eight, six foot four, 
275, 280 pounders up to Andre the Giant, Big John Stud, guys like that. But they were telling stories. And then it got in the mid-90s, you started seeing the Lucha Libre coming into the United States. You started seeing the Japanese style coming more into the United States. And it got to a point that the guys, slow, that as they were coming in, they were slowly losing the fans to the old school style of wrestling. And they thought, how many dives can I do? And how weird can I come up with a, a finisher that it's going to be mine? Well, I'm sorry. But you guys forget, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to put 20 million flips in every match. You don't need to do Masada and these Japanese guys chop 20 million chops and turn somebody's chest into hamburger every match. You don't need to be doing... Kabuki, oh, I'm sorry, not Kabuki, um, Bruiser Brody versus um, Abdullah the Butcher every night and spill gallons of blood. You don't need to be Carlos Colon where you've got a, a scar on your head that's so big that you, you can't hide it. Even when you put a ball cap on, you can't hide it. If you look at guys like Devon Dudley, Dusty Rhodes back in the day, uh, Steve Carino. These guys, they told stories, and they got their characters over. They did not have to dive. I mean, when you can win a match with a figure four, a sleeper, a cobra clutch, something simple, it makes the story so much more interesting. And... I love guys like AJ Styles, Cesaro, um, Rey Mysterio Jr., Ron Killings. I mean, I can name off a bunch of the young, the talent that's on WWE right now that I know I've worked with over the years. And those guys, they've they're learnt, they've learnt don't kill myself because I'm getting older. The older you get, the harder it is to heal. And if you get concussions or broken bones, you can ask any of the old guys. <laughs> they feel them every day when they get out of bed. And by the time they're in their 60s and early 70s, some of them can't even hardly get out of bed. A prime example of that is guys like superstar Billy Graham, who's had like multiple hip replacement surgeries because of his steroid use. You've got guys like Hulk Hogan that's still in his early 60s, I believe, and he can barely get around. you got guys like Ric Flair who have had multiple heart issues over the last few years because of all of the narcotics and all of the 
steroids and all of this stuff. And they were never told, you need to do these drugs or steroids. But their schedules were to a point that they didn't understand this stuff is going to hurt them in the long run. We've lost too many great talent that understood the old school philosophies of wrestling and could teach people about doing keep it simple stupid philosophy. I take that from Gene Simmons. I give him full credit. The man knew in rock and roll, just like in pro wrestling, keep it simple. You don't need to reinvent the wheel every time. When you get the product right, the fans will always be there. Let's see. What else can I talk about with regards to the wrestling business? Let me think. You got... Okay. Taking the glasses off. Because this one kind of gets long. You've got guys in the wrestling business that are currently being paid very well to be comic book characters. That's all they want to be. They want to go out, do their Japanese manga. They want to do their whatever. They want to throw all kinds of stupid stuff into a match and make everything into a great big joke. There are some of us in the wrestling business, some who have been in a lot longer than I have, who take that very personal. And I will say this as politely as I can. The pro wrestling business is not a joke. It is a business. You have to understand how taxes work, how keeping your body in shape without doing things to hurt your body work. You have to understand you have to give up everything that you've ever wanted to be a professional wrestler. Now, there are people out there that have been able to multitask that are these younger guys and gals that have made a profession and they've got a profession, but they do the pro wrestling as a sideline, but they're on national TV, so they're building their product. If you look at a lot of the old wrestlers, they built their names off of what they were doing. Then they found another profession when they started getting to a point that their bodies were saying, it's time to get out of this business. Or their age just said, I don't want to do this anymore. So you got to think, when you're getting into pro wrestling, you got to have... A fallback and if you don't have a fallback then you're gonna be 80 years old trying to wrestle and end up dying in the ring you don't want to do that so that's the end of topic two and I'll be right back with the wrap-up right after these messages ladies and gentlemen it's another episode of Tony Wolf Unhinged podcast I am your host Tony Wolf and I hope you've enjoyed me talking about professional wrestling, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Some of it may sound like rambling, but a lot of it is deep down in my heart. I know 
that there's talent out there working the independents, working small little mom-and-pop promotions. There are wrestlers that are on TV every week now. And then there are wrestlers that have been on TV that have went to the top, and now they're working their way back down and trying to help the young guys. And what you have to remember is remember where you came from because no matter how big of a name you make, you're always going to hit that top or hit that peak, and then you're going to drop back down to doing professional wrestling more as a hobby and trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life next. And just remember, if you don't love it, if you get into it and you've got problems with depression or anxiety or you have an addiction that you think this is going to help you to get by, get help because this can be an addiction in itself, but if you don't do it the right way, you're going to end up hurting yourself more than helping yourself. And to all the young, young guys and gals out there who are in the business that may hear this, never forget that you and your dance partner in the ring have to make each other look good. You do not have to put all of the flips and all of the triple spine buster whatevers in. And Finn Balor does a move called the coup de gras that I've seen Finn do it. I've seen Loki do it. I've seen more wrestlers than I want to count do it. And... You've got to watch yourself on those kind of moves because those are the kind of moves that will blow your kneecaps out, will blow your ankles out, will cause you a lot of problems as you get older. Same thing with a flying headbutt. If you do a headbutt off the top rope, a concussion or post-concussion syndrome is going to be in your future as well as spinal fusion surgery. So if you don't want to kill yourself in the ring and you want to live to a ripe old age, think about what you're doing in the ring. Put your stories together and put your promos together where they actually make sense. If someone gives you a promo to cut and they say, I need you to do it word for word, talk to them. Go, is there any way where I can adapt what you all wrote to the way that my character would say it to, to get the point across? Because back in the, the day, it used to be, here's bullet points. When, where, how, and who. You got two minutes. And they would get the point across and it was all off the spur of the moment, off the top of their head. They would go and they would have their bullet points and they'd go think about it. They could put on a promo. And if you watch some of the old Flair and Dusty promos or Nikita Koloff promos, those were not pre-written promos. Those guys were able to pull that stuff out of their ass and just make people believe everything they said. This has another been another big show 
of the Tony Wolf Unhinged podcast. And you know, everything I say, everything I do is just a little bit unhinged. So until next week, stay tuned and I'll talk to you then. Have a good one. Oh, by the way, if you're on YouTube, go to Tony Wolf Vlog, V L O G, and look up the Tony Wolf Remembers Tri State Wrestling uh, webcast. Put it on there about once a week. And I've got matches from around the classic Tri State area, so West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania. It was over about a 10-year period I was filming on and off, and uh, you never know who you're going to see. This past week, I had AJ Styles in a, a match when he was probably a year, two years into the into wrestling. Had some footage of Ron Killings. I've got some stuff of Viscera and different big names, as well as some young up-and-comers that really made a name for themselves in the region. So I hope you all enjoy, and if you get a chance, go check it out. If you anything else, leave me a comment in the in the comments below, or contact me on social media, and uh, I will try to get back to you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.